Welcome into the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I'm going to be joined by Harrison Fagan, and I want to start here. We're going to discuss the uh, the Space Jam movie. He and I disagree vehemently with each other about uh, that movie and the experience of watching that piece of crap. And then uh, we're going to review uh, Kyle Kuzma's season, who was as tough to watch in the playoffs as the new Space Jam movie. I want to start here, though, Harrison. Uh, NBC Sports Boston tweeted out, Danny Ainge and the Celtics had interest in Giannis before the 2013 NBA draft, and he had quite the experience scouting the future star, apparently just like a story of his his uh, trip to Greece or whatever. But do you think Ainge is going to take that bit with him to Utah? Do you think we'll start getting this stuff about like like coming out of Utah? Wait, Anthony, tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't they like, try to trade like a million draft picks to move up in that draft and draft justice Winslow. No, wait, that was a different draft, right? Yeah. That was a random was draft. So that draft. Been. Yeah. Did they trade? They did something in this draft with this pick where they, they drafted Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure he did enjoy his time in Greece scouting Giannis. I'm sure that's, that was a lot of fun to get a paid vacation to Greece. And I hope uh, I, I really hope we do get stories out of Utah. Like the Jazz were this close to signing not LeBron being James. Racist to the- <laughs> <laughs> like, Utah Jazz fans were this close to not crossing that line with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> today, uh, Harrison, you enjoyed Space Jam. An- what is it? Space Jam, a new something. A new legacy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the final frontier. Uh, so so uh, you enjoyed Space Jam. Why? Like, I'm just curious how, why? Well, before I get are to you that. Lying? I, I just, are you being, I are you being want... truthful? Like, are you, are you like, is this a bit? What's going on? I would say 10 to 20% of it is a bit. 80% <laughs> of it is that I actually really like the movie. But... I just want to say, hey, I want to take our listeners behind the curtain and just say how determined Anthony was to give his take and argue with me about this movie. Because not only did he use half of the Lakers lowdown to rant about how much he's hated Space Jam, we already had an entire Space Jam review pod with Christian, his girlfriend, Sarah, and Jacob. But Uh Anthony's like, no, no, no. Space Jam content all the way. <laughs> we need more of it. Player reviews. What's that? We need to yell at each other about Space Jam. So the reason I like Space Jam is mainly because it's the greatest cinematic experience I think I've ever had. And, <laughs> you know, it's just it had everything that I wanted from a Space Jam movie. It had corny dad LeBron. It had, you know, him being willing to poke fun at himself. It had hilarious Looney Tunes moments. It had cartoonish basketball and great CGI. And that was really, that was all I needed from a Space Jam movie. And it was a far superior version slash sort of remake reboot of the original. And I unironically loved it. I I have leaned into the skid a little bit on Twitter, just because I think it's become so fashionable to hate on this movie that I am like, no, 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 you know, it's actually all right. And then I've taken that and been like, I'm going to be the Nick Wright of Space Jam 2. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
All right. Do you think it's going to get me a one-on-one with LeBron? Because you seem convinced that I'm doing this for access that I'm in no way going to get just for standing for (laughs) Space Jam. Like, LeBron's not going to be like, oh, like this guy with 50,000 followers like tweeted that he likes Space Jam. Let me give him a one-on-one. Like, that's not happening. Maybe... If not LeBron, maybe Taylor Horton Tucker. Like maybe maybe Clutch yeah, maybe, like hooks maybe it up he there. Gets me Taylor. He's like Taylor. Go do an interview with that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I. That's how journalism works, right? Like in 2021, like this is how this is how it works. No, see, because I didn't at him in my reviews. Like you have oh. to at him and be like, I loved Space Jam at King James. You know, like. <laughs> It was it was great, and my children literally cried while watching it because they felt so amazed by your performance. Speaking of children literally crying, there's Avery. Oh, I can't hear it. So this is <laughs> oh, like the good. ghost dog. It's bit the ghost once again. all over again. Yeah. Cool. So, all right, let's let's start here. Do you think it was too long? Like, do you think it's fair to say like two hours was a lot of Space Jam? That was a yeah. lot. Of, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of LeBron trying to act. That is that is completely and probably the most fair criticism. And just honestly, not even just of this movie, but movies in general. I feel like Avengers Endgame really left movie producers like feeling themselves. They're like, oh, <laughs> highest grossing movie of all time. You know, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. Like all of a sudden now we can leave in all of this stuff that two <laughs> years ago would have been cut from a movie as kind of extraneous and whatever. Like not every movie needs to be two hours. And so that is... I I think maybe the most fair critic I've honestly started like if a movie's two hours like I'm less likely to click on it and want to watch through it because it's just like most movies don't need that make a tv show then if you feel like you need that much time break it up into the episodic format like there's not that many movies that need to be two hours and this one did it need to be two hours could they have cut 20 minutes you know like somewhere in there probably yeah but I still I definitely still liked it so I distinctly remember being like half hour, 40 minutes in or so, pausing it to see how long I have to go (laughs) (laughs) and cursing loudly. It was just me and Avery watching it, and I dropped a giant F-bomb. You got to be bleeping kidding me. It's what <laughs> Wow, LeBron took the time to not teach your child profanity and make a family-friendly kids movie that everyone could watch and then you're out here te- teaching Avery No, he made a, He did the opposite of that. He he made a movie so bad that everybody watching it was going to drop an F bomb. Like you got No, like, that's not why true. Is it that's so not bad? true. Kids love it. Kids love it. I have yet to hear a bad review from a child. Maybe that's Avery, what we should do. We should let Avery, Avery had a we bad review. Bring, she Avery just watching. wants to be on this podcast. That's why she's screaming. We need to bring her in here <laughs> and get her thoughts on Space Jam and New Legacy. Avery Avery wanted nothing to do with the movie after like after about five minutes. Where what did you specifically hate about it? Everything. Oh my god! Can you can you be a little more specific since you wanted to have this podcast okay. so badly? Uh, the beginning, <laughs> middle, and end is is. <laughs> All right, here's my thing. I thought that the first Space Jam, what they did, what they were really smart about was that they they let Michael Jordan just kind of coast off of being Michael Jordan. They didn't ask him to act. They didn't give him any, like, dramatic scenes, dramatic, anything like that. They just basically said, like, hey, man, can you show up, laugh at Bill Murray for a little bit, let Bugs Bunny put you in a chair and shoot you a mile into the air, and then crash land in Looney Tunes land. Like, can you just, can you just enjoy it? Like, just do that. We're good there. And, 
and it worked because neither Michael Jordan nor LeBron James are good actors. And I thought like with LeBron, they, they gave him all these lines and they, Anthony, they gave him this like, storyline. LeBron is an Oscar winning actor compared to Michael Jordan. I, not based on this movie. <laughs> no, based on this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, LeBron like, has a sense of comedic timing and, you know, he, he was able to, I think, deliver a lot of the comedy bits much, much better than Michael Jordan, anything Michael Jordan did in the original Space Jam. You're, cla- you're letting your nostalgia cloud you. That said, you know, you're, I don't really know as far as dramatic scenes, what you're talking about beyond the one scene with the sun at the end was a little cringeworthy. Like LeBron does not have the acting chops to support (laughs) that long of a scene and like a heart to heart. But that said with the plot they did, they kind of had to have that scene at some point, like a heart to heart between him and his son. I just wish that they would have maybe done more than one take where he was directly reading the script from a cue card and like doing like the bad fake cry, like the, you know, son, like I really, I love you. Like, Oh, I I, I am so proud of you. Also, if you're not going to use like LeBron's actual kids, maybe get kids who can act. Like maybe, maybe. I, I thought the I thought the kid was fine. No, he was really? very much not fine. No. Oh, okay. I thought like, I thought he was totally fine. Not like I, I just think like he felt like if he was going for, hey, what would it be like if LeBron's kid was trying to act and saw these lines for the first time? Like, yeah, he did a great job. Pulled that off really, really well. But but I just thought like I thought I thought Don Cheat like I thought Don Cheadle was going to like laugh out loud at some of the lines he was asked. Like it Don asked Cheadle him. really did carry this movie in a lot of parts. And so like you're talking about they didn't have established enough actors, you know? Don Cheadle gave his all to this role. Like I would not you know how you hear about these actors kind of doing these extreme method acting things to like prepare <laughs> for a role yeah. like Mia and I on Rewind and Reconsider, we just did Aquamarine and it turns out that the actress that Sarah Paxton that played a mermaid in that ate uh nothing but sardines for a month to prepare for her role as a mermaid. I have no idea whether or not that's true. It was just on IMDb. (laughs) But, like, you hear these crazy stories. And, like, what if we heard that, like, Don Cheadle, like, locked himself in a room with computers for, like, a month just to prepare for this role, just only talk to computer servers or or terrible actors. Like, he just threw himself in... He just toured the greater Southland area. He drove around kidnapping children and forcing their dads to play pickup (laughs) against him to free their child. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say and give the credit, uh, give, give this movie a lot of credit for is the, the way that they use the, you know, uh, the other NBA players and, and um, Neku Gomeke. Like I thought, I thought, they did a really good job of like making them really cool. Like I thought, I Except thought that for was Anthony good. Davis, Anthony Davis sucked. Like what did he, did he piss off LeBron during the editing process? Like why was his monster by far the worst of all of them? Or to, did he dunk? Squad? I'm sorry. Did he dunk? I don't, him? I genuinely do not think he scored a single time. I think every <laughs> single time he tried to do something, maybe this was a message to LeBron of like, AD, you're not the one A, like you need me to set you up and you need to do these center things and whatever. Stop trying yeah. to create for yourself because every single time AD's goon squad player tried to <laughs> score, he got blocked. He turned the ball over. Like right. I think he maybe had one or two good defensive plays, but good <laughs> Lord, like you can't give him a couple signature moments. You give Dane like a, five-minute montage of Dane time and AD <laughs> yeah. gets nothing other than well, brow jokes and failure? 
AD's already on LeBron's team. LeBron has. That's to what I was thinking too. Was like, he, he's like, bro, you signed the extension. Sorry, I, I got, I got other people to recruit. Just try to force, try to force your way to the Lakers here, and I will give you the coolest NBA part out there by far. And it was like you, the, the Dame stuff was like legit cool. Like that was yes. good. Like I thought, I thought that was really Honestly, cool. Honestly, okay. Really so well can done. I? Can we meet? Minus we're him, to like the- feeding Roadrunner to the Coyote. I thought, I, I thought Peta might have something to say about that, but I thought that was. I, I thought like that part. The basketball was actually fun. Like the basketball. Okay, so part yeah, of it I was, wanted I, to meet. I figured they needed to get the to it faster. They yeah, just if they I, if they if they got to the basketball part faster, I would be more in on this movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the other stuff was kind of a, hey, look at all these other WB properties that we have. And there were some funny moments in that. Like, LeBron as a Robin was genuinely a hilarious visual gag that, like, you know, is going to be a meme on NBA Twitter forever. Like, the first game the AD scores 40 next year, it's going to be AD in the bug (laughs) seat and, like, LeBron next to him and stuff like that. You know, that was great. But, yeah, there were a lot of moments that were probably superfluous. The basketball stuff was genuinely way better than the first one. Part of that is like the better visual yeah, uh, like technology have. that we have now and all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I thought the Goon Squad was a massive upgrade on the Monstars in terms of just kind of like, it felt like the Monstars just sort of kind of looked like the people that they were taking skills from, you know, in terms yeah. of the Barkley one, like having a butt and all of that stuff. But, you know, beyond that, everybody has they a did butt. not... Yeah, they did not well a giant butt, but they did not remember <laughs> the 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 Charles Barkley monster was thick. Okay, <laughs> he was Zion before With Zion like seven came. Seven C's, you know. Yeah, yeah the, that, that's what Zion was is based on is the Charles Barkley monster. Yeah, uh, but I think this one, the Goon Squad, at least was a lot more kind of distinct. They had, except for AD, had cool moments. And, you know, his character design even was fairly cool. But yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, like Dame, the Dame thing was awesome. And I like that they skill-wise somewhat tried to make them resemble their kind of NBA, WNBA basketball counterparts rather than just like the Monstars were, was like, hey, these tiny guys are buff now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they, they had less to go off of, you know, like like just in terms of, of what you could do at that time with, with drawing yeah. up a character and all of that. So I think that played a big role in it. And like, I think this movie was definitely more creative than the first ba- Space Jam movie that came along. But it's more creative in large part because it was the second Space Jam movie. So, like, I don't know if you get credit for being super creative when you just reboot. Um, Michael Jordan's old movie. I don't know. I, I just, I thought that they tried to ask not great actors to be good at what they were doing for way too long. And it took too long to get to the basketball part. Like that's all that anybody like, honestly, find the beginning of the basketball part and you could remove the entire rest of the movie. You, there's almost no story that matters to that. I'm I'm being serious. Just, if you guys haven't seen the new Space Jam movie yet, just fast forward to about like 40 minutes in or, or with uh, with about 40, 50 minutes left in the movie. And and that's all you have to watch. Just the basketball. You could just as soon as as soon as you see a basketball court with a bunch of people uh, around it, that's the that's where you get to stop fast forwarding. And I'm telling you, I just made that movie at least 150 percent better. I cannot believe that you're just so committed to being a hater 
I just, I don't understand it. You just, you live your life like this, just looking for things to get angry about. It is a movie oh for God. children. And you're like, this is, no, this well, is no, the that's, second, that's this the, is the worst. Third, this is the third podcast this week this that you're like, all right, it's time. It's this time is, to I was hoping you would make this. Again. I was hoping you would make this point that it's only a, a kid's movie. Have you seen what no, Pixar no, is doing with movies? Movie. Have you seen like, like, have you seen a Pixar movie recently? Like those are legitimately fun yeah, and no, good. I, mean, I was at Disneyland this weekend. I've seen plenty of Pixar movies. Right. Those are those are. Only they were not kids as good movies. as this. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna segue over to Kyle Kuzma now because. I'm livid at what you just said. That this is better uh, than me, all the Pixar Name me movies. one Pixar movie that is better than Space Jam: A New Legacy. The intro to Pixar. <laughs> that little, that, that little lamp that jumps the on the lamp. eye. <laughs> yeah, all like from that up is all better than the new Space Jam. Movie. I just wanted to see if I could get you to literally scream at me by uh, <laughs> making that point. Like, uh, uh, that was like I kept on seeing that it's like oh don't take it so seriously don't take it so seriously it's like alright fine if you're gonna make a shitty movie tell me in the in the out like as we're getting ready to watch this thing hey this is gonna be bad nobody took it serious oh, nobody yeah, here no, can yeah, act all movies, all movies do that it, you know that's <laughs> a totally normal thing for you to ask for is be like hey by the way if you're an adult you're probably not going to enjoy this one it's just supposed to be kind of colorful to, for kids to look at and sell mm-hmm. merch and you know uh, be like have you know some physical comedy that makes the kids laugh and a couple jokes for adults and yeah that's you yeah. there's usually that disclaimer Give on all honest. children's movies <laughs> It, I think there is at the okay, beginning okay, of Shrek. Thank you, thank you, Anthony Bayless. Like LeBron, why LeBron is oh dishonest for the marketing of Space Jam? <laughs> he didn't tell me up front that this was not a movie for thirty-five-year-old hey, men. You know, going in, what you're going to get from Skip Bayless? He doesn't lie about what he is. Yeah, or, neither or do the you. content he produces. <laughs> yeah, I tell you guys, heading out, heading into it, this is going to suck. <laughs> there's, there's like. 73 better ways you could spend the last 15 minutes of your life than listening to. <laughs> to yeah. Us. You know, my criticism of this podcast took too long to get to the point. It was uh, a little overly <laughs> self-indulgent, not the best actors. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Let's talk about Kyle Kuzma and the season that he had. You wrote up the uh, player review on his season and I'm kind of curious if you walked away from it feeling better about his season than you did before you wrote the the article, or or if you walked away from it like, eh, yeah, that that feels about right. How I felt about his season after it ended. Yeah, so I honestly walked away from it mostly having my feelings of he was all right. Like I don't have. You know, I I think Kuzma this year was a lot better than his detractors that think he's going to be on the Shanghai Sharks next year would have you believe. Uh, But he was also, he was not as good as Kyle Kuzma appears to think that he is. And so (laughs) I sort of left the season review, like I I was able to use some uh, like b-ball index stats from uh, courtesy of our uh, our friend Tim Krangis, McBasketball, uh, just basically just to show that the Lakers did try to give him more defensive responsibility. His matchups were a little bit more difficult, like slightly upwards in percentile this year, but his, you know, his efficiency or his defensive impact, according to their 
metrics also dropped as a result of that. And it dropped more than the percentage of his matchups went up. And again, you know, defensive stats are tough. This is not a criticism of Tim. This is just like defense is tough to quantify. So, you know, as far as that matchup difficulty going up and his efficiency going down, some of that is obviously, you know, that's team context. That is, you know, the Laker, like how much of that is the Lakers were not as good this year. So like, you know, everyone's defensive. Again, I can't speak to that. I'm not enough in the weed of how these numbers are cooked up and things like that. But it did sort of confirm that, yeah, I mean, he was still useful on defense. He was upper half of the league as a defender, but he's not like much better than that. He's not some wing stopper. He's not some guy that's going to go out and shut down opposing players. He is an above average, literally, defender in terms of where the NBA is. And that's better than we ever thought he would be, though. Yeah, exactly. And By so that part of it is, you know, he's going to be making $13 million next season. That is, I believe, about a below average or average contract by, uh, you know, current NBA annual values and stuff like that. It's definitely not a massive overpay, if it even is an overpay at all. So I think, you know, he... The biggest problem is in the postseason, he just completely fell off a cliff. I believe he shot like 16% from three in the first round. Like, I think it was like four for 23 or something when I looked it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his scoring efficiency fell off a cliff. I think he averaged six points a game during the playoffs. He just, they needed someone to step up. And it's not totally fair for him to ask this on the fly as AD just went down. But he very much did not do that. They needed someone to hit a shot. Kuzma did not step into that role. You know, it just, it was as bad of a postseason as he could have have or could have had and if he had not signed this extension the debate right now would be whether he or Dennis Schroeder cost themselves more money this offseason with their kind of playoff struggles but he's locked into this contract I think there will be do you think it's still fair do you think the contract is still fair at about 13 I do because it's about it's about league average to my understanding. It's maybe a little bit of an overpay, but that kind of happens with these first round contracts. It's not as much of an overpay as it could have been, you know, by the standards of the other guys in his class that were getting extensions. Those were all like close to the max. So this was, mm-hmm. I think, again, considering context, considering that it gives the Lakers someone that they can trade potentially for a bigger contract. Like, uh, it's totally fine. I don't feel horrible about the extension. It's really two years with a player option on the back end of it. So. So again, it's hard for that kind of contract at 13 million to be a bad deal when that's really just by current NBA terms, not that much. That's a very movable deal. So I don't feel that bad about it from that perspective. But I think that the thing to keep in mind with Kuzma moving forward is going to be, you know, you kind of referenced this on your show last week. It was something that we kind of laughed about in Slack that, you know, I don't think that it's totally an accident that Kuzma gives this interview where he says, I think I still have all-star potential. Uh, you know, I want to be more than a bigger role. shooter. Mm-hmm. while promoting a reality TV show starring him. And then like a couple days later, it's leaked that the Lakers are exploring trade options for him. On some level, those that was always going to leak because he's one of their few guys that they can trade if they're looking yeah. for upgrades this offseason. We've been over that in a couple of our previous podcasts. They just don't have that many contracts that they can trade mm-hmm. if they're looking for upgrades and stuff like that. So that was always going to leak, but the timing of it was amusing to me. And yeah. I, I just think that... <laughs> The only reason that I feel more lukewarm on him moving forward is more that kind of stuff and that I just don't know. This has been burbling for a while. You could tell listening to his comments, even during the championship year, that he felt like he could do more, but he was trying to show that he could buy into a team concept. 
that with that continuing, I just don't know how much longer this is a feasible thing where they can be like, hey, you got to do less than you think you're capable of. And where he's going to be like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would understand the stance that he deserves or that he wants a bigger role in the offense. I would understand it more if he was heading into free agency. I, I just think you have this extension, you're under contract for the next few years. And one would think that fulfilling your role to the best of your abilities, given the length of this contract is going to be how you, you offer staying power. You get staying power. I just, he could go to a team and be a good stats, bad team kind of a guy. He could do that if he wants, but it's not like those extra points are going to get him rewarded with any more money over the course of this contract. It's not, that's not really how this is going to work. And so he's, like, he's I, got I don't a know. ring. He's got a player option in two years. I mean, maybe, you know, that's just not how this stuff goes. Most of the time, these guys want, they're competitors. You know, they want, oh, sure. he's already won a ring. Like he wants to probably show that he can do more. And I don't totally blame him. And look, like him doing more would not necessarily be the worst thing for the Lakers. Like if he can show that he's worthy and he is able to score at, you know, maybe not the level that he thinks he's capable of, but score and create at a higher level than he has been able to, if he's able to be more than just a corner shooter on offense, you know, with the Lakers bench struggles, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It's just a matter of, can he actually do that and serve as a plus player in that role, I think is sort of still undetermined. And, you know, I I just wonder if there's another team that maybe thinks that he could do that, that thinks that that potential is still in there, maybe more so than the Lakers do. And then maybe that's where a trade comes from. There's probably some team tanking out there that is interested in a big. I I, I want to run this by you. So I ran this by someone on a podcast yesterday that I did a guest spot on. The funniest outcome is Kuz getting dealt to a rebuilding a rebuilding Orlando team to kind of, as a younger guy with theoretically some upside, but can also teach their young guys good habits. He's been yeah. around winning and stuff like that. And he has to go in and during that intro press conference, explain his all-star comments from a couple of years ago where he was like, nobody wants to play in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be great. It would be great if he if he had to go and walk back anything that he's ever said. How long do you think he before he gets moved? Like, if he gets moved, how long do you think before he's like, "Wait, actually, this kind of sucks not playing in L.A." Wait, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be on Dave season three. This. <laughs> this yeah, sucks. like, how long after being dealt to Charlotte do you to play with his best friend Lamelo? Do you think like he's just like, yeah, actually, wait, I'm not getting endorsements here. This kind of sucks. I mean, it would be the, the no one cares what I post on IG anymore. The the funniest outcome here is that he gets uh he joins in the hallowed recent Lakers tradition of getting shipped to New Orleans <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in Alonzo sign and trade. Like that's 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 how I could see this playing out. I mean that's maybe my, that's, that's my why, that's my hot take prediction for, for maybe that's why uh, the Lakers season. didn't send a team to the G League bubble. That's why they're kind of, you know, they're not having a head coach right now for their G League team. Maybe it's just like they just see the Pelicans as their G League team. And they're just going <laughs> to, that's where they send guys down to develop. And then they they pay them when they bring them back up. 
<laughs> Lonzo signed a New Orleans two way. <laughs> yeah, Lonzo is our Lonzo is a New Orleans two way player. Josh Hart, maybe they bring back they they give him yeah. a call up this summer, and then uh-huh. they send Kuz down there to develop for a couple of years until they can bring him back. And up. then they, they they bring him back at the end of this yeah. next at the end of his extension. When I he's like thirty, him. he's like veteran winner Kuz, like he's just ready to win another ring with the Lakers. As soon as Jared Dudley retires, they'll bring Kuzma back to be the new Jared Dudley. <laughs> and the Dudley role, yeah, no, I <laughs> somehow I don't see that ever happening for Kuz. <laughs> All right. Well, I I'm going to look back on Kuzma's season as as seeing, you know, a lot of growth and and like I was actually I was actually bummed. Like it, it's one thing. So usually if I see a, a Laker not playing well, so like Dennis Schroeder for example, if I didn't see him playing well in the postseason, it was mostly like uh well this sucks, you know. This 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 makes the team that I root for worse. But I was or like actually, if you saw Drummond not playing well, you're like, "Yes, I was right." Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then I told then, you all. <laughs> no, I, I was actually the person who, um, you know, with my PR background, I was the person who told Andre to lean into it. Hey, just <laughs> just send out clips of you missing layups every day until you sign your next contract. Uh, but but yeah, I, I was actually like bummed for Kuzma with how this postseason went for him, because I did think he got significantly better. I, I did think that. Uh, especially on the defensive side, he showed things that Harrison, when when he was a rookie or even in, in his second year, you and I were like, "Hey, do you think he'll ever be like league average defensively?" That was a, that was yeah, a thing that you and I talked about a lot. He even said, "You know, I was a stop sign defensively, which is a hilarious." <laughs> matter. Like, does Kuz? Did we just learn that Kuz like California rolls every stop sign? He doesn't actually stop at them because a stop sign on defense would theoretically be something useful, or maybe he meant guys just briefly paused before. He's more like a yield. <laughs> yeah, he's more. Of a, he's more of a yield sign. He's a yellow yeah, light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guys that he was trying to defend as a rookie just California rolled past him. You yeah. know, they just like they stopped for a second. They're like, oh, wait, it's Kuz. And then they kept dribbling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and so, like, I, you know, to go from that to what we saw from him this last year defensively was was really cool. I thought that was that was a way that like that was a very mature way to grow his game was to focus on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I was kind of hoping that he would be rewarded to a certain extent with a decent playoff run for that maturation in trying to grow within his role and and to see the postseason go the way that it did for him was was a real bummer because like the other thing too and this is where you know we poke fun at the fact that like I was I was I was happy to be right about Andre Drummond or whatever but like like people who paid close attention to the Lakers this season all of us said, no, actually, Kyle Kuzma was good this year. I promise. He was actually, he got better in ways that really help you win. And and then when more lights are on him in the postseason and he just completely no-shows, all of us who said that all year look like morons because he, he, was, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't better on the defensive side in the postseason, and, and, and obviously he couldn't throw a pee in the ocean offensively so it was just like it was a bummer to see things go down like that for him and and you know like the the question that we keep asking ourselves like with with all of these reviews is do we want this player back should this player be back with the lakers and like i kind of want kuzma to return just to make up for that postseason because i i still think he's capable of it the only thing is i don't think he will be because i think lebron wants help he can more consistently rely on and kuzma is like the only asset that 
you can make that happen with. That isn't a clutch yeah, client. I, yeah. Um, I would not be surprised to see like coups eventually end up in some, you know, I, just reading the tea leaves. Like I, I think, you know, if Trez opts in, my guess is that it will be with the wink, wink, like you are a clutch guy. We'll take care of you. We'll send you somewhere you want right. to go type thing. And I, I could see that being, you know, like him and coups that gets you to yeah. around $23 million yep. For, uh, you know, that being a package for someone that, you know, uh, the Lakers could bring in. And then, you know, we end up seeing Carmelo Anthony in kind of the Kuz role next year. where of yeah. like that, Or what, what Kuz wants to be, like the guy who just kind of comes in and shoots and, you know, uh, that, yeah. that's it. I actually wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate seeing Melo out there just so long as he gets a role. I mean, this is this is always what I say about, you know, whether it was Rondo, Dwight. Drummond, and then if it was if it was Mello, it would be the same thing. Just so long as he plays a role commensurate with his talent right now, I think there's ways he could help. I just I just don't think that that's actually going to be how that plays Can out. Can you imagine if they actually went like like how happy would you be if they went like full small ball next year and it was like actually AD starting at center with LeBron and Mello like yeah. and you know like some guard depth and whatever like I I I I don't know if you would know what to do with yourself. You'd really have to you'd have to do a whole pod complaining about Space Jam just to have something to complain about. It'd be like a like a Caruso, KCP, Mello, LeBron, AD lineup. And I'd be like <laughs> What the hell do I talk about? Yeah, I don't actually, have anything to you know, complain about. What the hell? I was not. I was not. <laughs> I'm going to complain the about signing. not being able to complain. <laughs> like, yeah, I was not. I was not for the mellow signing the last couple of years, but at this stage of his career, as kind of where he really has accepted, you know, it seems like you know, kind of what he is for the most the part. Yeah, yeah, coming off the bench, that kind of thing. I, I would not hate a mellow signing, especially if Kuz is gone. I, I know, again, they're not exactly the same player or whatever, but just as a bigger forward who just can kind of come in and is willing to space the floor, good three-point shooter, I, I would not hate that kind of switch flip of, you know, what they'd use that bigger backup forward spot for. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd be fine. He'd be more effective than Trez, for sure, uh, because he actually has advantages he could take advantage of. But oh man, that, hater! All right, save it for the Trez season and review. All that all that Space Jam needed to be worse was an Andre Drummond cameo. Like that's uh, I'm all. That's all. We didn't get one. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the movie again and just go frame by frame and see if I could spot a penguin in the background Ooh. or something. And get the maybe RT that's why. Like... Maybe that's why AD couldn't make anything in the movie because it they was accidentally actually, stole Andre Drummond. Was Andre Drummond? <laughs> they accidentally scanned Andre Drummond. Into yeah. the Anthony Davis role, yeah. They're like the you know the little what, what was the little human whistle thing or the humanoid whistle thing's name yeah. Ralph or something was something like, like that. it was like yeah. oh you told me to get AD I got Andre Drummond <laughs> and gave him an eyebrow. Yeah, I <laughs> AD was like a good sport about that movie because yeah he got dumped on like every scene he was in. Like just yeah, some, some no, I mean, no, what we learned is that AD is like is really chill guy. He's willing to make fun of himself, I think, or he just had no idea how they were going to do his Goon Squad character when he signed up, and he's going to demand to be traded for Dame. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like what what Kobe would do to Pow, right? Where the like their first Olympics, the first thing Kobe does when he sees Pow out there is run him over with a screen. Yeah, like he just blasts the screen that Pow is trying to set. Like LeBron sees AD in the offseason is like, hey, man, you're going to really love this role. The writers put a lot of thought into uh, getting the most out of you here. It was just as the butt of every joke that we. Told. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that's gonna do it. Poor uh, AD. We need we need an AD cut. Like so, somebody, can we get Zack Snyder to just like recut this movie and you know make it seven hours longer and give AD like a bunch of better basketball scenes? Oh, I thought you were gonna say seven hours long. And I was like, well, that's only adding like fifteen minutes to the movie. So. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Uh, we changed up the week this week because I'm gonna be on vacation starting Thursday. So we recorded this one a little early. Uh, and then Alex and Alex, the Taco Tuesdays guys, will actually be Taco Thursday. And uh, and they're going to, I believe, review Montrez Harrell's season and maybe Mark Gasol's as well. So you're going to want to check that out when that drops too. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying I'll talk to you guys next week. Almost at the Lakers lowdown thing, which is a different show altogether. Wait, should I stop recording? Now, yeah.